Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. It's the beginning of the end. Da, da, da. Final season begins. That angers me that he can't fold that pizza. I had the same note. Wait, do you but, not like that part of the movie? Because no, that's, no, that's no, no, the no. movie. No. I thank God every day I know the lyrics to enter the same man. After brutal dumping. No, that sounds terrible. <laughs> after, <laughs> after I took a brutal dump. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, we want to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Facebook. Find us. Our podcast is available on all platforms with a backlog of 200 episodes. For your listening pleasure. But we are ending the Sorry. penultimate episode. The penultimate. I don't I don't know what song I'm doing there. What's going on? <laughs> oh, nothing. You know, I just got arrested. Um nice. I was gonna get shipped up to go to sleep at a cryo prison up in space, yep. but there's a huge breakout. So now they want MS1. me to sneak in and you know, show them what's what. Yep. I hear you. I hear you. What are we doing today? We are doing the 2012 masterpiece. Oh, please. Lockout. Please. A man wrongly convicted of conspiracy to commit espionage against the U.S. is offered his freedom if he can rescue the president's daughter from an outer space prison taken over by violent inmates. For sure, this is the greatest film we have ever covered. Uh, I hope you're being facetious, because if you are not, there's going to be issues here. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for the synopsis? That's 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 it. so that's that's oh. the Google one had a nearly word for word one as IMDb. So I was just like, you know what? If this is what people are just writing about it, all right. Because mm-hmm. there's not much to write about. Lockout <laughs> has a runtime of 95 minutes. It's rated PG 13. That's the first mistake right there. Production budget was $20 million. Release date, April 13th, 2012, which was a Friday. It's opening weekend. It did $6.2 million. Domestic, 14.3. International, 18.6 for a worldwide total of $32.9 million. And I, Probably did pretty good on uh, home video sales as well. Hmm. Production company was Europa Core, Canal Plus, Cine Plus, and it was distributed by Europa Core. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Came out on the 13th of April, went up against in a wide release, The Three Stooges. Did you see that one? No. Yeah, it's uh, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> the Cabin in the Woods and which The is Raid awesome. Redemption. That's which the sequel, is right? amazing. Yeah. And a limited release of Badass that weekend. Uh, the 20th of April. Yes, I get the joke, everyone. The wide release of The Lucky One. Think Like a Man and Chimpanzee. You also had a limited release of To the Arctic 3D because this is the uh, Earth Day release that usually comes out in the IMAX. I think To the Arctic 3D was an IMAX film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 6th, April 6th, so a week before, you had a, mer- a wide release of American Reunion. That is the American Pie third film? I think Wrap the up. fourth. Reunion is four. Fourth? Reunion is fourth. Yeah, Wedding fourth, because American yeah. Wedding's the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, we're old. Limited release <laughs> of The Hunter and ATM. Uh, this movie was directed by two people, James Mather and Steve St. Laguerre. Uh, James Mather has no more credits. This is it. This is the only film he ever did. <laughs> if, uh, directing credits, excuse me. And uh, Laguerre has done the TV show Vikings. I don't know if he 
I don't know. I think he maybe directed some episodes. I don't know if he created it. Written by James Mather, Steve St. Laguerre, and Luc Besson. Uh, Mather has done the short Prey Alone. Laguerre has done nothing. And Besson has done uh, Anna Taken, The Fifth Element. He's a ton. I don't know if we've ever talked about how the way Luc Besson operates. Do you know this? Uh, have I talked about this with you uh, before? We've talked about it briefly on the podcast. He works on multiple scripts at the same time. He'll have like, he's talked about how he'll have like five or six scripts in front of him. And he'll just start do, do, working on them as he goes, as he goes, as he goes. And then when one script is kind of nearing completion, that's the script that he'll take. And he might not direct it. He might just produce it. Mm-hmm. But that's the script that like is next in line. And that's how he works. Very prolific. Very prolific uh, creator. Um, I think it's great that some he'll direct some. He won't. You know, uh, obviously he directed The Fifth Element, everybody. So, I mean, I hope you would know who he is at this point. Right. And not even that. He did The Professional. Yeah, The Professional um, was his big yeah, jumping off cool. point. Yeah, well, that's a great film. Uh, but anyways, that's how he operates. I don't know if anyone. So for those people who, who say they need the perfect space to write and they need it to be perfect situation. You, you, okay, I guess you do. You really don't. So just think about it. Just do put five it at once and just keep working. <laughs> just put it out there. Put your stuff out there. All right. Cinematographer was James Mather. Hey, he's on the TV show <laughs> Vikings and Frank. Composer was Alexandra Azaria. So in the transporter and fan fan edited by Camilla or Camille Delamar and Eamon Power. Delamar has done Colombiana and Taken Two and Power has done Festival Express. Produced by Mark Liber or Liber and Layla Smith. I'm going to say Liber. Uh, Liber has done Three Days to Kill and Layla uh, Smith has done Find Me in Paris, the TV show. This film is, uh, excuse me, Guy Pierce is in this movie. He plays Snow and plays Marion Snow. You find out his first name at the end of the film. He's in Memento, LA Confidential, and The Hurt Locker. Uh, Maggie Grace is uh, Emily Warnock from Taken, the TV show Lost, and the TV show Fear the Walking Dead. Vincent Reagan is Alex. From 300, Snow White and the Huntsman and Clash of the Titans. Joe Gilgun as Heidel. Alex is the bad guy. Alex is the main bad guy, right? He's the boss bad guy, yeah. And Heidel is the Heidel's crazy guy. crazy brother, yeah. His brother. He's in Harry Brown, This is England, and The Last Witch Hunter. He's also in uh, Preacher, which is where probably most people have seen him. All right. Lenny James is Harry Shaw, the TV show The Walking Dead, Snatch, the movie Snatch, and Columbiana. Uh, Peter Stormare as Scott Langrell from Fargo, Armageddon, and Constantine. Jackie Ito as Hawk from Inglorious Bastards in the TV show The Catch. Tom Plester as John James Mace as TV show Afterlife and Bohemian Rhapsody. And Peter Hudson as President Warnock, obviously Emily Warnock's father. Some Jackie, the movie Jackie, and the movie The Last Duel. All right, Butler. We both have talked about this film, film before. Right. And the one thing that we always say in this film is that the character of Snow needs another movie. Absolutely. That he is the best thing about this film. Now, you seem to think, I think you like a lot of this film more than I did. So please <laughs> tell me, illuminate me on your thoughts on this film. After This is, this is my second time watching it full, completely. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what it is for you. Uh, I own it on Blu-ray and the Blu-ray wrapper, there was no wrapper on the Blu-ray, but I don't. I think I've watched my Blu-ray yet. I could have watched it. I don't know. I, I, so I might have watched it. This might be my third time, but I think it's only my second time watching it. Uh, that being said, I watched my Blu-ray is unrated. Oh, shit, man. Come on. You watched a different one? I might have. Mine is definitely well, I wish ra- I would have known that. <laughs> mine is definitely rated R. I didn't know my Blu-ray was unrated either. I forgot this was came out PG-13. So I got this. I got this. Obviously, by means, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> So I might have watched it unrated. Now let me think back. Give me something that you that give me a scene from that you had. I mean, they said the F word a bunch. 
fudge. I don't know if but I, I really don't know. Like I can't point to you in a certain moment. I mean, they didn't shy away from blood. Uh, there's a lot of rape talk. Maybe I did see the unrated version then. Because Heidel really wanted to rape uh, Yeah, but he doesn't Mag- say it. Uh, he just says he wants to... He doesn't say rape exactly. I don't think they ever use the, uh, the R word. But he says other things. But he always wants her. I don't remember. I might, maybe I did then. Okay, well, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I liked this film when I saw it in the theaters. I liked... It's not... Let me, let me say, I really like this film. But I also really know it's not a good film. Um, I, I know you always talk about how there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I disagree sure. with that. I, I think this is a guilty pleasure. It's why like, would you be? But why would you? Because feel guilty well, here about, we go. That's my point. I don't feel guilty about liking it, but I also, when I think of a guilty pleasure, it's like, it's a movie that I really like. But if someone comes up to me and goes, "But this is bad," but this is bad, but this is bad. Not only am I going to be like, "Okay, that's your opinion," I'm going to be like, "Yeah, you're you're probably right." <laughs> why would you? But I you still can- I still like it. Despite all of its flaws. You know what I mean? Okay. But I, I, I guess you can call it something else. I know you don't like calling them guilty pleasures. I don't like call because if you like it, you like it. I, I've always liked Hudson Hawk. Right. And I don't think that's a guilty pleasure. I like Hudson Hawk. I'm not, I don't think, let me put it this way. I don't think saying, you don't need to say if a movie is a good film or not. Like you don't, I don't, if you like a film, you like a film. Right. I don't think you need to, there's, the discussion isn't, well, it's not technically, it's not Citizen Kane, <laughs> like stuff like that. Like, of course, okay, but nothing, what is? Right. So, like, I know that you're going to have problems with the movie, and I'm going to agree with you and say, like, there's a lot wrong with this movie, but I still like it. I like the fact that it's a throwback movie. Movies like this don't get made anymore. Even 10 years ago when this movie came out, movies like this didn't get made. It's a straight well, up action it's- film. It's not trying to be more than the sum of its parts. And... So I, I think it's just trying to be a straight up action movie in the way that action movies were in the nineties. Uh, and I'm not saying it holds a candle to like some of the, the ones it's trying to rip off. Like obviously we'll probably get into it. It tries to rip off escape from New York. It does. Uh, rip off escape from Absolutely. New York. Got sued. Yeah, exactly. And lost. Because <laughs> it is. So I mean, uh, that's like, why you like it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Demolition Man and Die Hard and all these other movies. And you don't see that anymore today. You either get superhero movies or you get like maybe high concept action movies like John Wick or you get spy thrillers like James Bond, very rarely scattered throughout. But you don't get these old school 90s smart talking, you know, action hero movies anymore where it's just good. It's basically a video game brought to life. And and there's something about that that I I still love. You know, I I grew up watching action movies in the eight of the 80s and 90s like that was what I always consumed and. I'll always have a fondness for that. So I'll always have a fondness for this movie. And I think Guy Pierce as Snow is such an underrated, like he's, he's up there with all the rest of them. Like he is so good in this movie that afterwards, like he didn't get any more like action kind of roles, but he absolutely could have. But yeah, that that's where I'm coming from. I kind of like the level of cheese that's on this movie. Like I'm just eating it up. I love it. I, let me ask you this from your first time watching to your second time watching. Did it hold up for you? Did was Snow able to hold this movie up or did you know going in that that was the only reason you liked it to begin with? Well, I know that I liked him more than the movie. So I already had that. That didn't change. He's, he's a good, he's a really good character. He should be in, he should be in other things, other, other roles, other, excuse me, other movies, other stories. Uh, I thought the CGI was not great and that took me out of it a lot of times. I'm okay with absurdity in terms of a plot, but it still has to be somewhat believable in terms of like why things are happening. Right. For instance, 
when everything starts going to shit and the whole thing explodes and 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 he's running loose and he's running around Heidel and he's get you know what I mean he's he's getting to the control tower to the control deck to open up uh, all the so talking, okay so we're talking pods. beginning of the movie okay yeah sorry like they're all watching the interview in another room and like they're not nowhere to be found yeah like, no one does no, anything about it so and and so stuff like that like uh, just. Tell me why they're not there. Like maybe he blowing something up locks down. They can't get in. Like I just need, I need a little bit more of that stuff. Just explaining. Like I'm fine with like the, the premise of the, the inmates take over. Okay, fine. But it's just like, it, it's just, it happens for happens sake. Like that stuff, the little stuff like that. I need, I need it to be sewed together better. With that scene, I had the same question, but when you look at what the warden's looking at, he's looking at a different screen. He's not he's watching the interview. He's not watching the interview. He's watching a different screen. The interview is behind him. When it explodes, he looks at that screen. Sure. So, okay, but somebody, somebody's I, I, watching it. You might it. have missed a scene where something else was going out at the same time, so they have missed it. Sure. Well, then why is the, well? Then my question would be like, why is the ward not watching it when you have the president's daughter on a big trip here? Oh no, I absolutely. You know, stuff I don't. Like that. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I think yeah. that we're missing a scene that they cut from the movie. Well, if you have the unrated cut, put it back in, man. <laughs> it's not the director's cut. It's just the one with the F words. <laughs> so that, so just, I think I just need the stuff sewn together a little bit better. That's all. Sure. The other thing was the Heidel character, the crazy guy. Right. He gets annoying. And he's a little he gets, too crazy. He's too, it, yeah. Because at, at some point it's like, come on, man. I'm, I'm not saying you got to kill him, but you got to, you can't just let this guy's just running loose and, and you're, you, you know, he's unstable. And you're putting him in charge of all the hostages, like stuff like that. Like that's like, I don't mind like how, you know, he, he, he's still around and then he kills his brother and all that stuff. And he kind of like, it becomes chaos. Right. But like, you got to get there a better way than just, he's always just there and messing things up. And it's like, he's a wild card for wild card's sake. Like, like, uh, and it's always sunny <laughs> and Charlie <laughs> wild card bitches and he jumps out the back of the, the, the van. van. Yeah. yeah. So I think he's just, he gets really annoying. He should have broken off from Alex quicker because if Alex is yeah. this big bad who also got put in the supermax. He, he would have done something to the other prisoners wouldn't have put up with his shit. Mm-hmm. Like they would have said like, you got to do something with your boy or we're going to put him down or something. Like there's mm-hmm. no way he wouldn't have been put in his place. So I would have, I wouldn't have minded him being like the psycho, like the psychotic third party that they have mm-hmm. to deal with every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, the subplot of the of the secrets of the reason why snow is there uh, or the briefcase the, the double reason why. It's, yeah, that, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more about that. I, I, I kind of agreed. Thought maybe that should have wrapped within to into the MS1 plot just it, in general. It's almost like they really had like high hopes for a sequel. Or the franchise is out because then he hits the microchip in the lighter and he's like, yeah, all right, we'll continue this. Maybe. But like, like, but you get nothing about, about my, that. Well, think about my note about how Lucasan writes scripts and how he puts them together. Right. Doesn't this feel like like that? Like he's just boop, 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 boop. Oh, this one's ready to go rock and roll. Sure, yeah. You know, so I think it needed a little bit more. Did you look at Lockout 2? It's also in that same pile. No, not yet. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I don't need another. I need another character. I need another movie with snow in it. Oh, not no, I don't lockout. think it should take place in space or anything like that. It should be like on no. Earth, a little bit more grounded. Sure. But like, I'm fine with that. If that ever happens, I don't, I don't think we're going to get that, but I'm fine with that. Yeah. What else am I missing? What do you mean missing? Or like, like I should like that. I don't like, 
I'm not here to or, defend the movie from you. I, 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 I don't want to do that kind of episode. Don't get defensive. I'm not getting defensive. Get defensive. I defensive. just don't want to do that kind of episode because like, I can't like, defend anything. I mean, I, I like the action. I like the over-the-topness. I like the quippiness. Uh, I like Peter Stormare. I think he's, he's good. good. He's good that he's not a bad guy at the end. Yeah, I like that kind of turn. Like He's just kind of like, he does things maybe a little dirty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or he's an asshole. Even the president says because he gets congressional approval to override him right, for, right from the get go. And he's like, you need the vice president, the Congress. I already did. You're an asshole. Thank you, sir. Uh, but it turns out at the end, he's not on the take, which I forgot about. I forgot that it turned out it was Harry that was on the take. Uh, uh, yeah, because he's trying to get the yeah, he's trying to yeah. get the briefcase, which I kind of liked. What I'm wondering is how you do the combination for the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I like that stuff. I like Alex as a as the main prison guy that takes over. I think they could have mm-hmm. done a little bit more with him, and maybe they could have if Heidel wasn't there, kind of hammered it up a little too much. Yeah, I think that that the Heidel stuff takes away from it. That that takes away from Alex's menacing bad guy. Like you're not afraid of him, right? Like they take over the prison. But he's never ahead of the game. He's always behind the eight ball. Right. I don't understand how they caught them in the body lab, but whatever. Um, when the when they hop down, they're right there. Well, he says he says they're on level three, and then they go down the elevator. But I'm sure yeah. at that point they can check whatever elevator's going down. True. True. The parachute jump at the end of the film. Right. I'm fine with them making it, but like it was just like, oh, ooh, we're down. Like, yeah, it's it very anticlimactic right when they find like, land. Like, all right. <laughs> we didn't have the we didn't have the CG budget to do like the rest of the sky. We had to get to the ground pretty quick. <laughs> My thing is they land on a highway in like New York City. Yeah. No cars. No cars are coming and running you over. And the police get there <laughs> so fast. I know. And it feels like it feels like a city from the Matrix. Like a, just the way it was shot or yeah. just because they shoot the city in two different ways. One more CG and other parts are more like today. Because the movie takes mm-hmm. place in 2079, I think. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yes. yeah, I kind of liked the, the more modern look like the hospital wing opens up and it looks like a hospital wing today. Cause like you look at movies from the sixties today and like you open up the hospital wing, some of the styles are a little different, but buildings still look like buildings, but it's mm-hmm. so many things of like the near future buildings have these panel walls with see-through coverings and computers at every two seconds. Like that would take time. So mm-hmm. I kind of like the, the kind of neo-futuristic stuff they do and not so much like the crazy Matrix City stuff they do for like half of it. Mm-hmm. Like the bike chase is fucking terrible at the beginning. That that CGI is awful. That's PlayStation 1 graphics. That's really, really bad. I'm like, oof. Well, it's like, come on, man. That's not great at all. Yeah, don't even put not that in there. Not great at all. I like the opening. The opening's got a really strong open. It's almost James Bond-like, Mission Impossible-like when he's like telling the story and then boom, gets right to the action. Yep. That opening's good. Well, I think that speaks to why we want a snow sequel. He's a really good character or somebody should see this movie and be like, if they have a character like this, they should, they should cast guy Pierce. He's obviously a little older now, um, but still, I still think it works to, to your point about how you don't see a lot of these films. Like the, the, this is reminiscent of the films that you enjoyed uh, two points there. One, those films that you all referenced are better than this film. I didn't say um, they weren't. No, I know, but that that's the two. What about like Ryan Reynolds and the Hitman's Bodyguard? Like that's the same type of character. It's not the same because that's Ryan Reynolds. Quip, being, the quips, the quips. His quips are different though. In that they're they're really jokey. It's really cartoonish in a different kind of way. He's 
a comedian on stage doing those jokes. You know, so you're it's saying not that like Guy Pierce is actually acting. Guy Pierce is acting. He's not. <laughs> Guy Pierce is like the John McClane or the the Martin Riggs, you know. He's not mm-hmm. a comedian. He's not Eddie uh, Murphy in Forty Eight Hours. He's not. He's not Chris Tucker in uh, Rush, Rush Hour. Hour. You know, he's not those kind of characters. And not that I don't like. I like the Rush Hour, the first two Rush Hour movies. Uh, but like, he's not that. He's of a different kind of comedy zone. Ryan Reynolds in Hitman's Bodyguard isn't that kind of guy. And Ryan Reynolds in the Hitman's Bodyguard is kind of dragged along. And Samuel Jackson's more the badass guy as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, I think even like Deadpool, like all of Ryan Reynolds films that he's quipping are, that's him, as you said. Right. Yeah. I like um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I just don't ever think of that as the same kind of ilk. Okay. Did you have any other examples other than Ryan Reynolds? I thought you were going to go with more like examples of what's still around. That's like that. Well, I mean, that's, you have like, you could like Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Yeah. But that's the, his, then you're in superhero the, movies. Well, I understand but that. Yeah. But that's the only that they make these days. Robert Downey so Jr. and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That's not an action film. That's more that's of a detective a, noir a mystery. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, I'm talking like action, like superhero films, are the only films they do now. So well, that's I mean, the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I couldn't even sit through 20 minutes of Six Underground when Ryan Reynolds is in that, the Michael Bay film that was on Netflix. That was horrendous. <laughs> um, so I couldn't sit through that. Deadpool, I've always talked about how Deadpool, the shtick wears thin on me after a while. I can't, it's just, it's just not funny. I mean, it's funny. I, maybe the first time I watched it, it was, uh, but then after a while, I can't rewatch it. And then when Deadpool 2 came out, I was just like, this is just more of the same. And it really bugged me. Right. Um, but to be fair, I don't read the comic. I'm not into the comic. So not into that character so i understand how people like it um uh, is this a fun movie yes i just don't think it's a very strong film aside from guy pierce in this film aside for the character of snow there's not really a lot i like in this film in terms of like memorable scenes what are some scenes that you enjoy that don't feature guy pierce or i shouldn't say that what are some of the what are some of the scenes in this movie that you really like any scene with snow. In <laughs> I like, okay. I like this. I like the, any of the scenes with him and Emily in there. Like he doesn't give her, like he doesn't put up with her crap. You know, their back and forth is really good. Well, we talk about this all the, no, go ahead. God, I was going to cut you off. stuff with when he's being interviewed by, you know, Scott Langrell and Peter Shermer's character and he's taking the punches and he's just, he's quipping or he just doesn't care or he's, he doesn't really want to do the mission. But he has to, like, when Langrel goes, he does like, it because Mace is on there. Yeah. When Langrel's like, you know, I think we've got this solved. And Snow goes, I'll be happy not to go. And Shaw's like, you're going. All right. <laughs> like, I, I like that stuff. I, I think that's fun. Uh, the action's not the best, but it's still watchable. It's still fun. It's still a fun, you know, I'm bored. Let's put something in or double feature kind of movie. In terms of, like, scenes I like that don't feature Snow, High Dell in Small Doses is like Joe Gilgan does a really good job at Heidel. I don't think it's his fault. I think he's, he plays unhinged crazy really, really well. Like he does a really good job uh, playing a slightly less crazy character in cat as Cassidy, the vampire and preacher, but he's still pretty unhinged. Uh, so he's pretty watchable. And I like the Alex scenes. I just, if Heidel wasn't there, Alex would be more menacing, but it seems like for every time you build up to him being a really good villain, Heidel does something stupid, which lowers Alex down again. And you're just like, I, I wish he had like two minutes more 
to just get to that point of a better villain that he could have been. But yeah, I mean, I still enjoy this. I, I feel like I didn't think I'd have to be defending this movie from you. I feel like John Hammond in Jurassic Park when he goes, the only one on my side is the blood sucking lawyers. Like I thought we both agreed kind of like that. This is a, a fun movie we both like, but isn't good, but it's a fun watch. Uh, but yeah, now you're kind of like, I thought that's what we thought of this movie. Why? Well, I, I always like, I, I, I didn't I just, think I'd be put on the spot defending this movie. So you're not defending it. I'm not having you defend it. I'm purposely not you're attacking like, you. What, I'm letting what are you these talk things about it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying the conversation because we're staring at each other. That's the whole fucking point of the podcast. This is why we're breaking up. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that kind of like it's an action movie through and through, and it's not trying to be a superhero movie. And it doesn't need to have that high, you know, budget cinematography of like a John Wick. It's just a dirty action movie. And yes, it would be better. I think that's why both of us would rather have a, a snow sequel that maybe is on Earth where you don't have the limits of being stuck in space. Cause again, it doesn't 20 million. I'm surprised it even has that much of a budget. It's it's, it, yeah. It, it doesn't look good in a lot of scenes. The sets look well, okay. Some of the stuff when they're in space looks fine. But like we've said, like, like the fighter craft scenes look cheesy, like TV, mm-hmm. the motorcycle scene is awful. And the cities yep. look like, so that's oh, that's a big problem with the that's a big problem for me with this movie is that it's the CGI is is used heavily and Luke Besson uses CGI heavily with the exception of like the Fifth Element. Fifth Element's got some good practical stuff, mm-hmm. but the CG just pulls me out constantly. And it's like when it's not done well, it dates the film. Even when it's done well, it still dates the film because you're just like, oh, CG wasn't as good as it is now back right. then. You know what I'm saying? Looking back now, thinking about it now. I understand the idea that it's not a superhero film because we've been through about 40 films, 50 films that have been superhero films now, you know, and it's, it's never going to stop thinking of it. Like it's not one of those. I get that. I understand that. But back then we were only a couple years in to, to Marvel and all that stuff. No, even uh, to- 2009 was, was Iron Man. Iron Man is 2008. I'm pretty sure. Okay, one year I'm off. So nine, 10, 11, 12, we're already four years into it. We're already at, a, at the first Avengers. When is, when is the Avengers came out? 2012? I think 2012, yeah. I think we're at the year of Avengers. 2012 in the summer, right? May, April, yeah, yeah something well, like that. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it was still like you had like five or six of them. They weren't, like you said, they're not going anywhere. They weren't going anywhere. And these movies took a backseat long ago. These kind of lockout kind of action movies. Why wow, this movie was great when it was Escape from New York and then Escape from L.A. <laughs> but again, even those, even Escape from L.A., which is god awful. Uh, that's 2000. Well, let's talk about this first before we go into it. Uh, in 2015, Carpenter 96. <laughs> won a plagiarism case against uh, Lucasan over the over. He proved the similarities to Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. A French court ruled that there were enough distinct elements from Carpenter's films and they were borrowed to merit to merit a sanction. So. He sued the filmmakers. Uh, he said they played a and the court awarded him damages of 20 euros, 20,000 euros. Figure that out. Math out. Uh, $25,000. Escape from New York screenwriter Nick Castle got 10,000 euros and 50,000 euros were given to Metro to MGM. And then Besson appealed. His appeal was rejected in 2016 and his total damages were increased to 450,000 euros. Shouldn't have appealed. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, well, wasting the court's time. Yeah. Well, what do you think, aside from 
a criminal is going to a, a penal colony to rescue the president. Damn, <laughs> yeah, it's, rescue it's the already like, that's it. Rescue the president's daughter. I mean, that's that. Those are that's the three major plot points that's escaped from New York. Um, double crossed by the guy who sends them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying. To, what other what other similarities are there? I'm trying to remember the. I mean, he's I mean, he's quippy. Pretty, those are pretty. His big. personality is very. He's a little more jokey than Snake. He's sardonic. But he's yep, sardonic yep, yep, like Snake yep. Plissken. He smokes. Yes, <laughs> got the lighter. Yep. So I mean, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, I'm sure uh, Basan didn't do that subconsciously. Maybe he did do it subconsciously, not knowing. He might that, have done it as an mean? homage. But then just say that. But yeah, he's got to be like it's an homage, and then maybe Carpenter would probably be like, all right. I mean, Carpenter, how many movies have been a ripoff on Precinct, Assault on Precinct 13, or just mm-hmm. <laughs> how many, how many Michael Myers have come out of the Halloween franchise? Like just, mm-hmm. he wrote the book on, on the, the slasher. Uh, yep. And there are so mm-hmm. many that are very similar to his. So I think if you just said, hey, it's an homage, Luke Passandes was like, hey, it's an homage to Escape from LA, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, I think so. I think if he just kind of admitted it, it would be better. To try to hide it and not acknowledge it is is bad. It's kind of like getting the Godfather, like getting the Godfather's permission to do business in his territory. It's like you gotta go talk to him. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna kind of rip off your movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I I have no problem with the the lawsuit. The, the lawsuit is absolutely justified. <laughs> and before you ask, well, yes, Escape from New York is a better movie. But I didn't ask that. Lockout I don't need to ask that is better than Escape from L.A. Uh, I don't know. I really I you like I that basketball, like basketball scene. <laughs> I do. I don't know why I'm like it's all right. <laughs> Bruce Campbell rides that wave really oh well. Oh my god, Bruce Campbell is the plastic surgeon going wrong. Come on, oh. man. That's, uh, Maybe I need to watch Escape from LA. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I think my same criticism of this film will hold true for Escape from LA in terms of why maybe I like it better is that I need the parts sewn together a little bit better. So I need to know why things are happening. I need to have more believability. And I already went over why, what, what, what we were talking about. Let's talk about Maggie Grace's character. Because we talk about often in a lot of films, the female characters and how they're written. Sure. And I'm curious if what you think of her character and how she was written. If you think of it like a throwback 90s movie, she's not bad. If this was remade now. <laughs> so even, it's mis- misogynistic like the old throwback 90s films? You got well, it. She's, she's a little stronger than that. But she's not strong enough. Uh, but she has her moments like she refuses to get off um, off the ship to try to save the, the hostages, you. which obviously they don't. Which last, doesn't matter. Because he's he kills them all. Them all. Yeah. She doesn't know that's going to happen. Um, sure. She kind of holds his own. She does sock him in the face at the end. Sure. Um, so she's a little bit better than the 90s characters, but she's still kind of the the damsel in distress. It's not her movie. It's not her movie though, too. So like, if that's a different movie, and then you just have another female action star, which is which is fine, but that's a different movie. Which we all know that this came out around the time before the Hunger Games, and Jennifer Lawrence was the first action star. So that or female action star. That <laughs> that's what I happen. heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> that's right. You guys are hearing this like six months from now, but stupidity. It just use. came out when we're recording this. <laughs> I said that to my to Jody, and she's like, "What about aliens?" I go, "What yeah. about aliens? <laughs> what about Ripley? Pay some respect." Yeah. What about With Sarah Connor? For crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give me a, give me a break here. I mean, come on. How do you say that? Princess Leia? How do you, I mean, I'm, I know she quote unquote walked it back, but come on. So it's too late. You walked it back after everyone called you out for being dumb. Yeah. It's just, uh, anyways, 
The only thing with Emily's character is I don't need the blowjob joke. I don't need that joke. Uh, when they, don't they fall through the ceiling and she lands on his crotch and, and he's like, uh, like, I don't need to, you, you, you don't need to do that. You think so is enough when her face is in his crotch. I don't remember that part. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's convenient. I don't need that. I don't need that joke. I think everything that you said is accurate. Mm-hmm. I think she's, uh, I think she's written well, but that joke kind of. It's a little too misogynistic. Uh, it's too much. Right. It's, it's not, it's not, I, I get it. It's, it, oh, it's funny, but it's not funny enough to keep it in there. And it's like, you just, and you kind of undercut everything you're doing with Emily throughout the movie. That's not sure. me being a prude. Oh, I'm like, you're no fun. You're no fun. We, it's not it that funny it, yeah. to keep in there. That's true. I mean, that's the thing. Like if it's funny and I'm laughing out loud at it. Okay. But it's not that it's funny. It's too lowbrow. Yeah. So I, I don't need that joke. I don't know. I remember. I can't believe it's when they're crawling in the ceiling and then it falls through. I know through. what you're talking about. I probably heard it and just kind of dismissed it. Like probably the same way you were like, that's not that funny. And I was just like, yeah. mm, I guess you don't land a hundred percent of the jokes. We always talk about some, most of the time we're always talking about how female characters are written in a lot of these films. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. If this was a, a movie from a little bit longer ago, she would have taken that jettison pod back to maybe the, the LOPD. Uh, station, which is absolutely coming. Low, low orbit police department. That's absolutely coming. I can't wait for that. The low orbit police department. Oh, all those hotels that are coming up into space soon. They're going to need them. I can't wait. If they don't. Do they need to be circling Earth? Put them around the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Old Butler. What? Now that we've discovered, now that we have nuclear fusion, I mean, here oh, we yeah. go. That's right. <laughs> I mean, rock and roll. It's time for the ex- it's time for the expanse, baby. Uh, you're goddamn right here we go (laughs) uh so like if this was like an older version she would have gone to the lopd station and then she would be bawling crying daddy please 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 save him don't blow the the station up give him more time but we don't get that she i'm gonna stay and i like that Mm -hmm. because it shows her as a bit of a strong character she stands on her morals to begin with for the movie and stuff like that i'd also like to think that in terms of consequences you know langrel does a power play, takes the presidency from the president. Temporarily, but because, yeah. But still, the situation. it's a power play. I got to think he's not in the same position whenever the, when, whenever the dust settles. Yeah, when I was watching, I was like, does he get fired? I don't remember. Because again, <laughs> I forgot if he was, I knew one of the two betrayed him, but I couldn't right, remember who right. betrayed Snow. Let's put it this way. I'm the president and this guy does this, right? Right. And whenever the dust settles, my next question is like, Langrel, is out. But the whole thing is you Congress know, agreed uh, with Langrill. So can the that's, president that's do fi- it? That's fine. Well, no, no, no. Langrill is out in a way, you know, like I'm not, it's not openly he's out. Like he's out. Right. And that's what's going to, and then all those senators and all those people, all the people that voted for me, all that, they're on my list too. Listen, I don't forget. Like <laughs> I wouldn't forget that. Like I would be like, it's a, there's going to be a college and it's that's happening. Why Mike Field's not president. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I there's definitely a, a, a revenge streak in me. Um, I don't. I don't easily forget. So all those people that have wronged me out there, you know, you know what you've done. I'm coming, Mr. President. The, spa, the space station is going to crash on Earth, killing millions of people. Listen, but my daughter's there. Listen, Glenn Close didn't rip, ripped up that thing. Didn't do it. Didn't sign it for Harrison Ford and Air Force One. That's true. So I mean, his his vice president didn't have his back in this film. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't even meet the VP in this movie. Oh no, he's just no, the one that signs the paper. Yeah, yeah, he's on Earth. Like all of a sudden, they have got the, he's got the signatures, and I'm like, is that a is that an electronic document or is that an actual document? I couldn't tell. I feel I mean, like it was an actual document, but it got it be electronic. Yeah, I just feel like he got it, it before sh- they even took off. 
Like he's like, yep. listen, I'm not going to think this, he's in control. Yeah. It. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you're going to let millions of people die, Mr. President. We're blue blowing this shit up. <laughs> the one major problem I have with the prisoners taking over the, the station is that their bargaining chip is so weak. Well, they don't have it. They're not really a cohesive unit, too. Exactly. Yes. Like the fact that they said, like, oh, the negotiator in real life, they would have just let that station either starve to death and they would have just given them what they wanted. All right. Have the hostages. We're just going to cut off your air. We'll, you know, oh, no right. food. Have fun until they like walked. Like they needed a bigger bargaining chip like that had some kind of core fusion device that they were going to eject down to the earth or something like that. I just needed the stakes to be a little bit bigger in terms of what they could do to the outside world. Because there are a bunch of prisoners in space that are still prisoners in space who don't know how to get this thing home with no escape pods. Mm -hmm. So it's like my whole thing is then you're not giving any reason for anybody to help them at all. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, well, when you guys start starving, we'll we'll come by. (laughs) You're prisoners. Go back to sleep or you'll die. (laughs) <laughs> so that was my that was my main thing during this watch while I was watching I go wait why do we care <laughs> this is true so I guess uh, well, actually no wait a minute I had a review for you I'm sure it's a bad one this movie is not well reviewed Lisa Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly gave the film a C I hate when they grade films writing lockout floats like space junk in the final frontier <laughs> like here to see that's James satisfactory Rock- <laughs> James Rocci or Rocky of Box Office Magazine called the film a sleek, slick, and shameless ripoff of John Carpenter's sleek Puskin films. Okay, well, we know that already. I don't know about sleek, but yes. Uh, well, it's in the future, so it's got to be sleek. Oh, so okay. I guess you're recommending this to anybody? I would recommend this to anybody who likes old school action films. I don't think it's a great film, but I think I like watching schlocky action films every once in a while. I think they're fun. Um, I think this is a good one. I think that Guy Pierce proves that he absolutely should have been an action hero, which I also think he kind of proves a memento. Like he's got that kind of mean streak kind of trying to solve a case. Like, I, I just think Guy Pierce should have been a more action stuff. And I think he proves that um, here with snow. I mean, he's the uh, old guy. I, in I Prometheus. love confidential. <laughs> well, I love oh, yes, he is an LA so confidential as well. As he's cop, yeah. perfect in that film. And that film is perfect that, or somewhat perfect. So I love that film. Uh, so I think, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's a great, double feature night movie. I think this is a good, like, Hey, we've watched our first movie. Let's put this other movie in. It's quick. It's fun. It's kind of just, just, you know, not mindless action, but it's kind of mindless action. It's just fun. So it's, it's something to watch after maybe a more serious film and you're doing a double feature night or you're maybe doing, (laughs) let's say you're doing escape from New York or LA and then like, Hey, let's put on this one. So I, I think in that case, it's really fun. I just think it's nice to watch something that's not like I, I like this is the, the second to last episode from the podcast. Superhero movies need to fucking go. They're just proliferated the <laughs> they're market. Not, they're not I know they're to. not going anywhere. They're not good. When was the last good superhero movie? Even the people that like superhero movies now are like turning their like they're turning their back on them, but they're still going to watch them. But even the public consensus well, is they're sick Listen. of them. Uh, be careful what you wish for. This is what they wanted. This is what all the fans wanted. No, I know. This is this is these are what they wanted, and they're getting them, but they're bad. They're not good. Um. So yeah, I'm not gonna get on that soapbox. But yeah, but yeah. So I've like, ad nauseum. It's talk about it's that. great to watch something that's not that. That's mm-hmm. just like a knock knock around kind of gets beat up action hero, which I really like. Like I like 
you and I, we love John Wick. That he kind of yep. gets beat up, but he gets beat up and always comes back in a big way. <laughs> well, he fell down a bill, fell off a building in the, and the last one. Chopped off his finger. Yeah. He's gotten shot. Yeah. He always gets yeah. back. I love it, but like that's ridiculous. But he's also here in but, a superhero kind he's of a way. good character. Oh, sure. And you learn about his characters. The the, the 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 earlier Marvel films, you you do learn about the characters. But like like just for the sake of argument, like DC, like Black Adam, like his character is so who cares. Like all that, who cares? And it's, and it's, uh, you talk about CGI in this film. That film is all CGI, but I digress. <laughs> um, so I, I, so who, why are we saying it's forgotten then? I think the appetite for these kind of movies, just people that are younger than me don't have that. Maybe people that are in their twenties and just grew up with Iron Man. They don't know anything else. And they're just like, that's action movies. They don't have patience for these kind of movies or they don't want these kind of movies. Um, I will say a movie that's like this, that's that's a lot better. Same kind of schlocky as maybe the new Judge Dredd movie that came out with Carla Urban, which by new, I mean like also 10 years ago. (laughs) I just I just think this film has relies too much on CGI. I do think the CGI hurts it. You put the same character in a down to earth situation. It would have worked a lot better. Yeah. You put him in like a movie like Speed. You know, like like something like that kind of yeah. action. Like it's it's real action. It's it's practical effects. Even if it's near future, by putting it on Earth, you wouldn't have to rely yeah. so much on that CG. Right, right. Um, like he would be like we just talked about the expanse. He would be a good character in the expanse. Like you run into him and you have like a three episode arc with him. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, yeah. Like that kind of thing. So I just think the CG for me is just too much. If it was more practical, if there was more practical elements where I'm actually seeing some action, him doing actual action stuff, you know, like, you know, then I would, then I probably would dig it a little bit. Like more you say, you like the beginning of the movie. So yeah, yeah. And that's him fighting that, that. So more stuff like that, like that's more visceral, like, like mission impossible when they're fighting in the, the last mission impossible when they're fighting in the, oh, the uh, bathroom. bathroom. That, that's an awesome like, scene. That's yeah. a great scene because they're like going at it. Like that's, that's why Tom Cruise is awesome. That's why we both love Tom Cruise because he's doing that stuff. Yep. Uh, I just think that Luke Besson films like rely too much on CG. Um, so I think that's why they don't, maybe they don't age well for me, um, in that regard. And I think also that's probably why maybe I think it's forgotten. I think a lot of people can't latch onto that. We love character. We love characters. That's why we like snow. Right. I don't think casual film going audiences would really understand. Might not see that. So they can't connect. They wouldn't be able to look past the bad CGI for sure. Right. Right. I think it would be disregarded as a silly, stupid film. Not in reference like you're saying but like i think they would just be like ah it's it's all right and they would never go back to it so maybe this is a bad word of mouth it came out in april so that's probably about as good as you can get for this movie yeah i don't have a problem not, with the release date yeah not good enough for summer maybe and i don't know what was summer that year but it was probably in marvel film over the avengers, avengers yeah what we talked about yeah it's a one month later uh, was avengers right right all right, so where can they find us? You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and videos we have for you there. Uh, you're listening to us where you're listening to us, so go ahead and leave a like, subscribe, a rating, a review. All that stuff helps our podcast, even if we are ending soon. You know, we still got like 200 episodes uh, to grow and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I got. That's right. We are ending. And the last episode is next week. Well, the last episode where we're talking about a film is next week. So we're wrapping up four years of the podcast. Season 16 ends with the 1997 film Conspiracy Theory. 
uh, Mel, Mel Gibson, Julia Roberts, Patrick Stewart. Uh, you saw this? I've seen it once, like okay. a while ago, but yeah. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason why this is our last film. We just picked the films. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it was too much pressure to pick uh, a good last film off the list. So nah, I feel just it, went for it. That's, that's why. Did I pick this yeah, one? Yeah, you picked this one. All right. That's why this is not. That's why our last episode is going to be us talking about the show and answer some questions that we got online many months ago. So that's it. Um, until then, everyone, hopefully we'll see you next week. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema.